The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sports Talk New York here on Long Island's WGBB. I'm Matt Fazelbord, joined by my co-host, broadcast partner, Pete Feldman, here on this Easter Sunday evening, April 4th, 2021. On the show tonight, we'll be talking baseball. The Yanks wrapped up their opening series with the Blue Jays, the Mets. Well, they finally get to play tomorrow after some COVID drama with the Nats. We'll go through all of that and much more. Before we begin, I just want to remind everyone, you can follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. You can visit our website at WGBBSportsTalk.com, where you can listen to all past shows and check out any upcoming show information. Lastly, if you don't already, we invite you to subscribe to the podcast, WGBB Sports Talk New York, on iTunes, Spotify, or just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. Pete, so awesome to be back here on Long Island with you on this Easter Sunday. Maddie, it's so great to be sitting across from you. First of all, uh, a very happy Easter to everybody listening. Uh, I'm going to give you a second because I know you just spoke more <laughs> than I've ever heard you speak in my life. <laughs> so take a quick breath. We're going to get into this. So much to talk about. Uh, Absolutely. The first topic on everybody's mind right now, every sports fan in the New York area, it's baseball season now. The Yankees just finished up their first uh, series of the season. They lost to Toronto again today. I know we're terribly sad. <laughs> uh, for those of you listening who don't know us, we are two very big Met fans yes. and don't mind at all watching the Yankees lose. But we'll talk about it. We'll be fair. We'll be fair. You'll be fair. Yeah, you might. Yeah, I make okay. no promises. <laughs> Tomorrow we finally get yeah. our day in the sun. What a build-up, huh? Uh, I mean, thanks, Washington. Really great. I mean, we the Mets again, and and you know, you, we were talking last night, and you brought up a point. It's always really saying, "Oh, it's the Mets again." The Mets again. The Mets actually didn't cause this, and and for Mets fans who are already excited about this season, amped up. You get the gift the night before opening day of Lindor signing a $341 million extension. You're thinking, like, all right, you're juiced up. Mets play well on opening day as it is. And then just hours before the game, not canceled. Next game, canceled. No, you're not playing until Monday. That's a pretty big buzzkill. This is the first time I can remember that something bad has happened to the Mets. <laughs> and you can't even blame the Mets for it. Normally, it's some sort of ineptitude, whether it's from ownership all the way down uh, Steve Cohen has come in, and, and suddenly things that go wrong aren't the Mets' faults anymore. So we can thank Steve Cohen for that. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and we will get into the COVID thing, and I have a lot to say about just how this has all gone down. And it's just a, it's a bad look for baseball. You have all offseason to get things right, get the protocols in order. And, you know, look, it's going to be tricky as it is with 162 trying to get all the COVID stuff done and get all this stuff rolling. It's, it's, it's going to be a lot to pack all the season in. You know, you hope the vaccines help and everything. But to have it right off the jump get canceled and a, and a whole weekend canceled, bad look. But let, let's start. Should we start with Lindor? I think the, the, just in the Cohen stuff, I, I think it's worth mentioning about if you're a Met fan, despite all the, this kind of roller coaster little you know turbulence to start the season, you know, you just still, you think of just where things were the last few seasons. Now coming into this year again, Lindor, 
$341 million contract. And that 341, like we said, is a magic number. Tatis signed yeah. for 340 as a, a shortstop. It's a statement. It is telling Francisco Lindor, and more than that, it's telling Met fans that when we get a superstar of that magnitude on this team, they're going to pay him like the superstar he is. They got Francisco Lindor. They said, we believe you are the best shortstop in baseball, the highest paid one we'll right you now. you $1 million is- more. Exactly. The highest paid one right now is three forty. We're going to give you ah, three forty one. Yeah, and just the way things have gone. I mean, more than just the last few years, the last decade, two decades. It's a huge leap from where things were at. There's no doubt about that. Well, I'm pretty sure the uh, the the biggest signing of the last ten years of the Fred Wilpon era, or Jeff Wilpon era. Uh, not named Ioannis Cespedes, was probably Frank Francisco, <laughs> and we all know how that turned out. Uh, they've been they've been shopping in the discount aisle yeah. for ten years. And, and look, and, and we'll, we'll be fair, they have they they signed players, but but again, but when it would come to going to that next level that the teams like the Dodgers, like the Red Sox, like the Yankees are able to go to now, the big market teams with you know nice stadiums, their own networks, the whole nine. The Mets were limited, whether it's, you know, all because of the Bernie Madoff stuff or, or whatever you, you want to, however you want to characterize it. But now, you know, that 341 showed the Mets are going to go to that next tier. They're willing to go to that next level. Whether that translates to wins or not remains to be seen. But it won't be Steve Cohen's fault if it doesn't. Yeah. It's not for lack of shopping in the high-priced aisle, as they like to call it. It's like the Michaels of Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, before the before the Bernie Madoff fiasco, and we spoke about this, uh, the the Mets spent you know five six years whatever it was shopping for high priced talent on the free agent market. They got Pedro Martinez, they got Carlos Beltran, uh, they got Moises Alou, yeah. Frankie Rodriguez. They they went out, they got everybody. Things happened with Bernie Madoff. They no longer spent that money, despite telling everybody that had or no Or if they effect. did, or if they did, it was just that if something went wrong, the wheels would come off. Or, you know, it, it, you know, and, and if that, oh, if they don't win right away and have the revenues of a playoff season, say, right away, if, if things aren't working out, then we need to sell off players or, or get yes. out of the contract. So there was no wiggle room. Like, the, the, you know, when I think of Steve Cohen as Mets owner, I think now it's, Okay, not only can you shop in the expensive aisle or the expensive store, however you want to look at it, but if things go wrong, because that that truly is the thing that separates, especially in baseball with no cap, that's the thing that separates the good teams, the great teams, and the top, top, top tier teams, is that if the top, top teams make mistakes, they can still have wiggle room to get out of it. That's how I would view it. It's, it they're no longer going after... Uh, the Adrian Gonzalez's of the world <laughs> on a minor league one contract, <laughs> knowing full well, yeah, you know, we gave this guy a minor league contract, <laughs> but we're starting him at first base on opening day. <laughs> those days, Met fans, I'm I'm happy to tell you this, those days are over. They went out, they paid Lindor more money than any other shortstop. They're they're in on free agents. They didn't they didn't get any of them. They didn't yep. get Trevor Bauer, but they made Trevor Bauer the. They big, made him an offer. They made him the highest money offer there was. Uh, they drew a line in the sand on George Springer specifically because he has to play center field. Toronto went the extra year. The Mets weren't willing to do that. 
okay, that's not for lack of money. Yeah. That's for lack of we need a center fielder and we need him to be able to play there for a few years. Uh, they didn't want to wait around on JT Real Muto. They wanted to get a catcher in here. Okay, so they got the second best catcher on the market in James McCann. Fine. This is signaling a new era in Mets baseball. Yeah, and I'm, you know, you and I talk about all this stuff all the time and you know, no offense. You're one of the most pessimistic Mets fans I know. <laughs> uh, no offense taken. Yeah, I am. You are the most. You know, you're a very. You're a tough critic, and that's fine. You, you should be as a fan. But right, I mean, can you remember? Have you been this optimistic before? In in you know, in the last say seven to ten years. Seven to ten. No, the last time I was optimistic at all was 2006. Like about the Mets, or just in general. <laughs> we'll stick with the Mets right. for now. <laughs> no, but you know, it's just. It, but but again, I just it's. Whether you want to call it creating a new culture, a new identity, uh, how, whatever, however you, you know, you can characterize it how you'd like, but there is, it is, it's just a new era right now, it really, and and you 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 make an offer like that again, and, and not just for the fans, those kinds of, of deals signal to other guys that okay, this team's for real. Like again, we'll, we'll see what it translates to on in the wins because the you know the. You know, you don't necessarily you don't want to be the team that just wins in free agency or just in trades, but it is a signal out there. Like, okay, the, this team is you know they mean business, and we'll see if Steve Cohen, you know, if he's all in, if he has the stomach for it, if things do get tough, you know, again, and if you have a high payroll and and, and come mid season things are you know are you going to sell off guys? We'll see what kind of stomach he has for it. He seems to have the stomach for it so far, and he definitely has the deep pockets to be able to do it. Uh, this is a team that, you know, they, they haven't made the playoffs since 2016. Uh, they, they really haven't come close, uh, other than, uh, 2019 when I, I think they went out, they won 86 games. That's a fine season. Yeah. Other than that, they have not even sniffed the playoffs. You look at this roster right now and everybody staying healthy, hopefully, puts them right in the mix for the division with the Atlanta Braves. Absolutely, absolutely, and and even more so too. And I, I was thinking about when, when, as I was kind of prepping for, for all of this. Uh, the last few scenes have been very weird because it's like you kind of knew the end of the road was coming for the Wilpons. It, 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 you know, all the signals you were hoping, out. <laughs> definitely hoping, <laughs> but it seemed like okay, like it's kind of you know kind of coming to, to, to the end of the line here for, for their ownership of the Mets. But and there were just some weird deals, you know. I mean, like like. You know, I know a lot of Mets fans are going crazy about Zach Wheeler's performance. So we, you know, where again, where it looked like the Mets are a big market team, but they can't keep their own guys. You know, Zach Wheeler's, a, you know, a guy. I know he's not it's like homegrown because he was straight, but he was, you know, came up as a young pitcher, and it's like it, it's the, those are the demoralizing things, especially for the Mets fans who are are you know kind of used to getting the short end of the stick from the Wilpons. And now, though, again, I just for me, and I, you know. I don't. I'm usually pretty optimistic, but I, I, you know, it's worn on me these last few years. These last few years have been tough. Well, they they had a a period of a few years where the idea was to throw out a pitching staff, where there was going to be a different ace taking the mound every single day, and it was Harvey and Degrom and Syndergaard and and Mats and Wheeler, yeah. and Wheeler was hurt for a while, but you knew he was going to come back and be able to produce. But the same thought was going through every Met fan's head. Which ones are they going to be able to keep? 
and which ones are they going to lose when it's time to pay them? Yeah. Those days are gone. And and those are the types of things again cuz you know, you can go sign a free agent here and there, do certain things, but it just changes the whole morale of just the, the whole situation when you know, okay, you know what? Push comes to shove, we can keep our own guys. We can if we need to add a big piece, we can. Again, we'll we'll see if Steve Cohen, you know, if, if he's going if he's going to will if he's willing to go deep, but I'll tell you, everything I've ever read about the guy or know about or see him, I mean, he's willing to do whatever he's got to do to win whatever he's doing. Well, I'm glad you brought up uh, being able to add a piece when necessary because as much as it grates on us and all other Met fans, you know, when is the shoe going to drop or when is the other shoe going to drop on this team, I can't imagine what it's like in the clubhouse for these players who are going out a hundred for a Pete Alonso who's going out or a Jeff McNeil for 162 games a year, knowing that as hard as you play, even though you may win a bunch of games, when it comes time to add and make that playoff push in August and September, is ownership going to have your back and be able to add another piece to bring you down the stretch? Yeah. And they ne- and it, it just didn't exist. And again, yeah, and with the Mets, it's always something weird too. There's just always weird occurrences, weird injuries, like Duaner Sanchez and a taxi yeah, cab. Yeah, yeah, it just seems like nobody's speaking to each other between the ownership group and the front, even the front office down to the club. It, there's always just weird stuff going on. Now, I, I don't know. I just it has. I mean, look, obviously the Jared Porter situation, a little bit of a a lot of a nightmare, but <laughs> a lot is correct. But having Sandy Alderson now at the helm, kind of like running point, and then having Steve Cohen willing to spend money, it's just, for me, it, it, the whole vibe around this team is just different. The, the Mets have gotten a lot more interesting yeah. over the past several months. Um, they, they've always been interesting. But not for the right reasons. Exactly. Not now, for, yeah. now they're interesting in a positive way. Yeah. Uh, and, and for you Yankee fans out there, I'm going to be very honest with you. Uh, you you have uh, a hell of a lineup, a very solid pitching staff. Uh, I, I don't know about my partner over here, but I, I believe the Yankees have all the talent to win the division, and I believe they are the they class right of that they division. They should be right there. Yeah, but you're boring. It's, there, there's there's nothing really to get excited about. Yeah, I would agree. Ho with hum! That. You go out every day. You're going to strike out 14 times. You're going to get. Six to seven innings out of Garrett Cole and, and, and two runs, and, and and that's wonderful. Stanton and Judge, they're gonna they're gonna mash home runs. You're boring. You're yeah, just yeah, yeah. boring. It's not compelling. No, I I would I would agree with that. No. Yeah, it's just bring George back, dig him up. Yeah, it's uh, and that's a good way. It is very just, it's very business like. And I'm look, that's for a baseball team that you want to be consistently good. That's a good thing, I guess, to have a team just business like. But yeah, but it's hey, they're not they're not stealing the back pages right now. How many how many years we're going back to Wilpon? But how many years under Fred and Jeff Wilpon would you have said I'll take boring for the Mets? Of course, I, I would yeah. wish for boring from the Mets. Yeah. Look, you want it, you want your team to win. So sure. at the end of the day, that's that's what's most that's important. The idea get, 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 but you also, you know, you still want to root for a team that's fun. And yeah, right now, I, I don't know. It's just the Yankees. It doesn't have a lot of juice to it. 
it, and I'm, I know there are people who would be listening to this saying, "Oh, it's the two Mets fans saying the Yankees." That's fine. You you could you could think that, but we could take I, that. It's just, I, yeah. I mean, as we even prepped tonight's show. Yeah. Okay. You know, the, and the Yankees actually had a like. I, honestly, I mean, if, it wasn't. If you want to kind of open with something, you could also the Yankees had a kind of nonchalant, lackluster weekend, really, and they didn't win either. No, you they, know, they, lost, they lost two out of three. Lost two out of three to the Blue Jays. And, it, yeah, it was just a very, like, it just didn't have a lot of juice to it. That's how I would look at it. Well, the the silver lining for the Yankee fan right now is that he may have only played two games, but Giancarlo Stanton only struck out three times this weekend. <laughs> so, congratulations. There, There's a there's a silver lining yeah. for your cloud. Well, I guess, I mean, and if you're going to take a top line out of, for me, the top line out of anything the Yankees had happened this weekend was that Gary Sanchez seemed to look good swinging the bat. He hit a couple bombs. So, you know what I mean? Like, like, look, you have your core guys, Torres, Stanton, Judge, who are, you know, if they're healthy, they're, they're going to get theirs. They're going to get theirs, no doubt. They're going to hit. Gary Sanchez is the guy, you know, I would say that brings lengthens that lineup and takes it to the next level if he's playing well. You're going to need Gary Sanchez. Uh, so that's the biggest thing like, that I would take away from theirs, you know, two out of three lo- you know, losses to, to uh, Toronto. In all honesty, we joke around, but that's really the silver lining here, yeah. is is the two home runs from Gary Sanchez, who got off to a hot start in spring training, cooled down for a little bit, and then comes out this weekend, hits a couple bombs. This is what you're going to need from him. You're going to need hits from DJ LeMahieu. You're going to get hits from DJ LeMahieu. Yeah, he's a good player. I, I like what, I, uh, you know, of all the things, you know, we're, and we're joshing a little bit with Yankee fans here, but... LeMahieu's a good player. He's a solid player. Well, we like we like to uh, stick the knife in and twist well, it a little. Hey, bit we've had we've had a lot of pain being a Mets fan. It's <laughs> lots of lots of pain. It's our turn to dish. Yeah, it you out. Got, absolutely. We got the microphones. We can dish it back out. Not only not only have we taken a lot of pain as Mets fans in the the the, the one year where we can be excited. We don't get the play. It gets delayed. We're still waiting. <laughs> Which is the most fitting thing ever. Just like the best, like, you know, like, like, just stick it to the Mets. Like, think, fans are, you know, you finally, yeah, finally new ownership. This huge signing after a huge trade. You're going to get fans back into the building. Yes. Yeah. Another part. Everybody's on cloud. You know, when I went to, seriously, when I went to bed, it was, was that the Wednesday night, right? Before the Lindors, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was it Thursday? They got, they got delayed. Uh, when I went to bed right after Lindor signed, I, I, I couldn't even sleep. I was so excited. I'm like, this is great. Like, oh, my God. And that's the, and then it's just like, wait, like, really? Like, here we go again. It's amazing. It, it is. just every time you get a little bit high on it. Duaner Sanchez boom. ends up in the back of a taxi. It's exactly it. Tony Bernazard takes Tony his shirt Bernazard. off and, and tries to fight the entire minor <laughs> league organization. It, it's, it's amazing. Just, it, it It never ends. No, absolutely not. And uh, before we continue, a little, let's just uh, give the uh, call-in number if anybody wants to talk. We'll we'll talk any. We'll talk Mets, Yankees. Uh, you know, even if the Yankee fans want to call in five one six six two three one two four zero WGBB Sports Talk New York. We're Pete and Faz uh, with you till nine o'clock tonight. And again, uh, you can listen in at WGBB Sports Talk on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's pretty good. Did you get all that out? Whew. Are you out of breath? Pretty much. Okay. What I want not in game shape. <laughs> I haven't played. I haven't played yet. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, what I do want to get to you about is we 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 talked about Lindor. We talked about his signing and what that three forty one means. The next guy on that list is Michael Conforto. And you know, for all the optimism I'm preaching right now, 
if you heard his comments today, and I, I didn't hear them because I was in transit a little bit, but I, I read what he what he was saying, and he's sounding like a Scott Boris guy. Scott Boris <laughs> is working the puppet. Oh yeah, he he, he started. He's like a wrestler who's about to turn heel. <laughs> he's starting to get real business like. Just he sounds yet. like he he sounds like he should be playing for the Yankees. Yes, he's very very all business. Uh, I, 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 he's had, he had a few quotes today that were just. Kind of signaling like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to take the highest dollar amount. Like that's what I gathered. He's not, I don't see a hometown discount, especially see that. And that's, I guess the counter side of the Lindor signing is now, you know, you get Pete Alonso saying, yeah, give him 400 million because these guys knows, know once they become free agents, you know, they're, they're going to want theirs as well. So. Yeah, Conforto does not sound like a guy ready to give a hometown discount right now. No, he he is definitely sounding like the stereotypical Scott Boris client. Absolutely. And Met fans, uh, if you've grown to love, if you've fallen in love with Michael Conforto and you enjoy watching him play every day, uh, we spoke about this before we went on the air. I'm not convinced, and I know Maddie's not convinced, that Michael Conforto is in a Met uniform next year, and we're going to tell you, it's okay. Yeah, I, you know, I the Mets are going to have to make, you know, they're going to have to prioritize certain guys. And even a step further, because I was, you know, this morning I was reading a, a story too, that Jacob deGrom is already starting to, his he brought in a new agency, even though he's very quiet, is just kind of does his thing. Which you know, Degrom is as easy to a, a player to root for in the history of baseball. But he's quietly starting to get the wheels turning on his next extension. So the Mets, yes, while they do have a lot more resources than they've had, there still is an end line to that, and you're not going to give everybody three hundred million dollar no, contracts. Not, not everybody's getting the nine figure deal. No. Uh, you're you're going to have to draw the line in the sand somewhere yeah. with some of these players. It's just not going to happen. And there's always that team. Somehow it always seems like it's the Detroit Tigers that <laughs> comes out and is going to offer a seventy-five to eighty million dollar a year play. Or I'm sorry, not a year, but the total yeah. value yeah. of the contract yeah. of seventy-five to eighty million dollars, maybe ninety. It always seems to be Detroit. They're going <laughs> to they're going to offer. You trying to start a feud with Detroit? Listen, I'll start a feud with anybody. You've known me a long time. That doesn't bother me. Go for it. They always seem to give somebody 120 or 130. Yeah. Or it's or it's Boston blowing everybody out of the water for JD Drew. Yeah. It, it, it's it's going to happen. Someone is going to outbid the Mets. It's okay. They have enough corner outfielders on this yeah, team. They definitely have enough corner outfielders. <laughs> they have enough left-handed hitting on this yeah. team. No, and I do like Conforto a lot, and uh, you know you would think he's pretty primed to have a big year, but yeah, he's he like he definitely has the stance right now of somebody who's ready to get theirs cash in, and that's fine. That's his right. He, he, he's that's he's cool. earned it. He's earned it. He but is. but he he's got the agent lined up. He's given the answers. Like he's ready to, you know, he, he's all business, and that's fine. But I, I'm not. I would say right now, okay, so, you know, well, assuming we ever play a game, the Mets. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't need to be calling them we, but you know, so assuming the Mets ever play a game, let's just say uh, my confidence level right now, though, uh, you know, a year from now, I, I would say it's, uh, I would say, forty percent easier, sixty percent gone. That's where I'm at right now. Okay. 
I'm, I'm Which isn't a, terrible. I'm a little more 50-50. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not sure. I could definitely see him leaving, but he also comes across as the guy who 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 loves it here. And do I think he takes a hometown discount? No. no. But I do think in this case, that hometown team can afford it. So we're, we're, we're going to see can. where this goes. Yeah. I guess just I would say if there's no Pete Alonzo waiting in the wings, I would say 80% he's back. Pete Alonso is going to have to get paid. Jeff McNeil is going to have to get paid. DeGrom is going to have to get paid again. Uh, yes, DeGrom is going to have to get paid again. Uh, I'm not saying you have to pay Noah Syndergaard, but that's a slot in the rotation that's going to open yeah. up if you don't. Same with Marcus Stroman. Yeah. you got to get the pitching in here before you get another left-handed hitting corner outfielder in here. Yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah, and, and yeah, add in that part of a, a corner outfielder, it's not necessarily the, the, you know, the premium spot. So... And they have other outfielders. So I again, and and you know, and even now, since Lindor, you know, is is locked in there, Ronnie uh, Mauricio is now going to be moved to outfield as well. So you're, you know, there there's a lot of moving parts here, and I just I don't, com- you combined the the priority of getting of keeping Conforto with just the stance he's starting to take. You could just right. I mean, you know, when the guys start, the Boris guys light up, and you just start to see the answers they give. I don't know. I just I'm starting to see the handwriting on the wall with him. But look, that's not here's here's how I, I look at it. Do I do I think Michael Conforto could leave after this season? Absolutely. Do I think if something goes wrong and say the injury bug bites the Mets or they're just not as good as we think they are, could Michael Conforto be a trade ship a trade chip at the deadline this year? Absolutely. But one thing we're starting to learn about Steve Cohen is things happen without the rumors starting around them. The Francisco Lindor trade kind of came out of nowhere. Nobody really saw it coming. The Lindor extension, everything we read in the hours leading up to it was... He was playing a little possum on Twitter, too. Oh, absolutely. And I know you're somebody on Twitter all the time now. I'm finally moving into the current decade. (laughs) And... It, it really feels wonderful. But they every report I saw was the Lindor extension is less likely to get done, and even now even more less likely to get done. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, they gave him 10 years, $341 million. Out of nowhere. Yeah, he was, like, he was like posturing and teasing fans quite a bit. Dirt doesn't seem to get out on this team right yeah. now, which you know. <laughs> that was a Mets staple for a long time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh no! It again, and it just—it is a very different vibe, which is a great thing. And that's look, I—it's—it it sucks that we have to still kind of talk about all the previewish stuff because they haven't played. I know, and it's—and <laughs> let's let's talk about this a little bit, and we'll uh, we'll we'll take a break in in, a, in, a, in just a moment. But I, I want to just kind of set this up that you know, Major League Baseball again is going to have an issue on their hands if. The teams, you know, and each individual team is going to have to be responsible for, for, for kind of their own house to keep it in order. But it, the COVID thing can spiral out of control quickly. They don't have, there's not a lot of flexibility in the Ross, in the, in the schedule. And these teams are traveling a gazillion times all over the place. And I mean, this mess with Washington just can't happen. It's, uh, it, it makes me a little bit nervous for this season, especially after 
last year where you didn't start until the middle of the summer. Yeah. You couldn't get fans in the building. And all of a sudden now, you're starting to see players get infected or contact tracing become an issue or they've broken quarantine. And the Vancouver Canucks in the NHL, I was just reading, had something like 14 players. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, this is, it is out of control. And they have to get a rain on this before yep. any more games are missed. And I want to save this until after the break. Okay, and uh, yeah, right now it's uh, 8.29 coming up here on WGBP, WGBB Sports Talk New York. Uh, we're Matt Falzapore, Pete Feldman. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Talk New York. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 p.m. on Long Island's WGBB. Broadcasting on 95.9 FM and 1240 AM. Or listen live online at WGBBradio.com. Stay connected to Sports Talk New York on WGBB by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk New York on Long Island's WGBB. And now, back to the show. 8.30 on WGBB Sports Talk New York. I'm Matt Fazelpour, joined by Pete Feldman. It's Easter Sunday, April 4th, 2021, and we're talking some baseball tonight. And we'll, we'll get into uh, some other stuff as well. And I uh, just want to remind everybody, you can follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. You can also visit our website at WGBBSportsTalk.com. You can listen to all the past shows and check out upcoming show information. Lastly, if you don't already, we invite you to subscribe to the podcast at WGBB Sports Talk New York on iTunes, Spotify, or just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. And don't forget also give us a call, 516-623-1240. And I just want to say before we get back into yeah. this COVID thing, for those of you reaching out to me on my <laughs> cell phone right now, complaining that it's too much Met talk and not enough Yankee talk, we don't like you. <laughs> Leave me alone. You're not interesting. You're one and two. The Mets have opening day tomorrow. Right now, it's a, it's, it's our Met world and you're yeah, living yeah. in it. That's right. Uh, the, well, you know, I guess the, the well, the Yankees by default have the, have the back page. But congratulations, you played the Mets didn't, and you lost again. It, it just I don't know. It just had no juice to it. But uh, all, all 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 things considered, it is good to uh, you know have some fans back in the in the in the stadiums. Yes, so tomorrow yes. Uh, the Mets will be in in Philadelphia uh, with about eleven thousand fans. The Yankees would have about eighty was it eighty five hundred or so or somewhere around there. I think it was 84 and yeah, change. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, things are starting to move a little bit, and that that's a good thing, no doubt. Uh, but I, I just th this mess to start the, the, the season off with, with the Nationals, I mean, you just – and, I, and again, I, I, I'm curious to see how, how Rob Manford handles this because he – I don't know. He, he's, his track record is very iffy with things at the moment, and – he, I, I do not think he's the best leader. 
complicated issues seem to really trip him up. I, I just, it's going to be a defining issue for him because baseball's already got a lot of things working against it from just trends and, and what people are watching, younger people as well, especially, as I should say. And if they don't get this COVID thing under control, you're going to have some issues, and, and it's going to turn people off very quickly. Well, if you're going to tell me that Rob Manfred has an issue with or has a problem with complicated issues, he is finished when it comes to COVID. He's got no shot in this <laughs> thing. Uh, they have to get a rein on this. We've, we've already seen opening day. We, we, we've heard it for so many years where hope springs eternal. It's opening day. And it's, they put it's, out all those flashy like the tweets with all the video packages, but the pomp, the circumstance, everything that goes with it, and then you lose games. Yeah, and not just one. You, you lose an entire weekend. I mean, again, if if you and I know I keep harping on this, but if you can't have it on lockdown, and no, no pun intended, but if you can't, you know, just just have it all under control for opening day when you're the home team, game fifty in San Francisco when you're traveling, like if you don't have the protocols in place to, to get it all good, then what are you going to do in the middle of the season? Like, or if there's another surge, or you know, or as things, or if you go into a place where things are surging, I, it's just, I don't know, it's it just, I I didn't have a a, a thousand percent confidence with how this is going to work out this year. And I have even less, you know, now after all this. It almost feels like uh, they are going into this, fingers crossed, hoping that everybody does what they're supposed to do to be able to get these games in and just stays, like you said, stays locked down, quarantined until they can get a vaccine in them. And unfortunately, that's not realistic to just do it on a hope and a prayer. You have to have more than that. Yeah, I just have to question what the process is. And, and, you know, and if there aren't good enough processes in place, all right, are there penalties? Are there deterrents? Are there incentives? Like, if you're just hoping and praying, like you're saying that teams get it right or have like kind of these loose processes in place, I I don't know. Like, how, how, just with that amount of travel that to get a whole baseball season in, how is that going to work? Like, it's not. It's just not going to work. You know, and then, so, you know, if teams start having to miss all kinds of games, like, what's the threshold? Like, do you, like, how do you deal with that? What's the next, is there, is there a plan? I, I, I truly don't, it doesn't sound like there's a plan. I, I, I seriously, like, I, and I wouldn't even be surprised. Like, I feel like half of it just being made up as they go along. I, I get the point that, They've never seen this before. Of course. This is a, a even though it, this is a year old, yeah, but it's still but they, a yeah. brand new yeah. issue. And it's you, you, it's almost impossible. We're, we're talking about penalties for this. But do you penalize the team? Do you penalize the player? Because with, with the union standing behind them, good, good luck penalizing yeah, the no, player. players. Yeah, no, the players aren't going to. But, but I, I just, the team has to be held. Some liable. I mean, if, again, if, it, if these get to a point, look. We're gonna have to. We have no choice but to give the benefit of the doubt, you know, with, with with this opening series. And I'm not just saying this as a Met homer. I know we've had some fun so far tonight, you know, messing around. But in all seriousness, that's just a, just as a baseball fan, if like if this is happening periodically, whether it's the Nationals or the Tigers or the Angels or whoever it may be, and there are a few culprits, you know, who are constantly having issues. I just I don't. I'm not confident. In 
there being any way to deal with it or what they're going to do to deal with it. And at that point, you know, it's just these are the things that should have been worked out before the season. That if, you know, if, if you have to miss three games in a row, well, look, I'm not looking for a cheap win, but maybe there should be a forfeit. You know, like, you, you know, give teams a deterrent. I, 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 I hear you. Um, I have a hard time with the forfeit. I understand. You, and you, and you know that. It's, for me, the idea has to be we had no fans in the, in, in the stadiums a year ago, whether it's 84 or 8,500 like the Yankees can have or, uh, what you were telling me before, I think you said 11,000 for the Phillies. Yeah, the Phillies bumped it up a little bit. The 25% uh, capacity, 11,000. You'd hate to see a fan buy a ticket. You're one of only, take the Yankees for example, you're one of only about 8,500 that can get in. And then you find out as soon as you get there, turn around, go home, the Yankees won by forfeit. Or the Yankees lost by forfeit. You, you, you want these fans to be able to see a game. Maybe it, be, yeah. maybe it becomes a, a fine, of, which, look, every owner in the league is going to be able or, to pay. Or, whatever, or, or a draft pick. I don't know, something. A draft pick I, I think I, is a I'm great saying, idea. Yeah, that's, that, maybe that's the middle ground. You know, like that, that would be okay. But if, again, and look, I, I, I might sound overreactionary here, but if, if Washington, two series from now, has another issue, like, at, some, at what point, like, like what, what needs to happen that, all right, is there a penalty? Is there something that needs to happen? Like, you know, or, you know, do, do they need, like, an, like a, a Major League Baseball staffer to help or do with oversight? You know, how do you, you know, how, how, what's the way you deal with it? Uh, I, I like your idea about the draft pick. Uh, I have, but it, 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 first of all, like you said, it's got to be the repeat offenders. And yep. I worry with the idea that not every, uh, not every violation is equivalent to every other violation. I, I'm, I agree with you. I, I understand what you're saying there. And yeah, not everyone, uh, uh, needs to, you know, be that. But uh, we're actually, we're, we're going to go to the phone lines real quick. We have, uh, David from Franklin Square. David, how's it going, man? I have no complaints. Thank you. And as far as your COVID deterrent, it's not never going to work because if two guys on one team have it and four guys on the other, what are you going to do? Well, what I'm saying is just that it, if it becomes, you know, the, uh, some teams having the same problems, you know, it's just going to, this thing's going to spiral out of control the quickly. repeat offenders. Well, again, I mean, you know, if you spend any time in an airplane, uh, especially if you folks go to Florida or whatever, uh, during the winter, you always come back with a cold, so... I mean, we're subject to the world we live around, and again, I'm like I said, I'm just it's it, it's just part of what it is. So, yeah, you know, and and look, I, I hope that the Nationals can put it behind them, move on with it. But you know, if if it becomes a you know a repeat offender or a consistent problem, that's well, where the hope here. The hope here is that it's a non-issue. Yeah, that everybody within the next couple months, the next coming months, however long it takes, gets vaccined. Uh, gets all their vaccinations, gets healthy. No. The idea here is this is it's a first of all, I I, I know you're gonna agree with this, Maddie. This is a bigger problem than just for baseball. It's a world that has to get back yeah. to normal. Baseball's just a small part of that. But let, let's get everybody immunized, let's get back to normal, let's get everybody on yeah. the field, let's get people in the stands to be able to watch the games. Yeah. Well, just let me say at, at sixty four years old and a lifelong Yankee fan. I just want to thank the Mets and, and fans like yourself. 
I have never seen a more dysfunctional organization <laughs> through all my 50s. I've had some of the greatest laughs. You, you, you're still paying Benia, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. I, I think he just right. cashed you know, his check. Right. As long as the sun is still coming up. Absolutely. Paid, <laughs> yep. COVID or no COVID, he still gets paid. I'm pretty okay. sure they're going to be that, paying. That, that's just an easy jab. But, of course. Uh, yeah. You know, good luck. But understand one thing. The, the, when you start paying these guys a lot of money, the manager becomes, for the most part, irrelevant. And the manager really is irrelevant in today's game. I mean, he's handed a lineup card from upstairs, and he just yeah. basically has to, uh, you know, decide who's going to pinch run at a certain time. But, uh, you know, again, like I said, it's just it's it's the world we live in now. Yeah. So. And he's the lowest paid guy on the bench. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure he's very happy to cash them paychecks. Like hey, I said, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's something like that. And I just want it, the funniest thing, um, and I live here in Franklin Square, and the UBS arena is going up uh, by my beloved Belmont Park. Uh, you know, the, the, the weirdest thing about that is, do you know whose money is backing that up? Who's that? Sterling Investments. Yes, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why the Mets pulled out. But, you know, let me, let me give you just some real quick stuff. The actual Long Island Railroad train stop is nine-tenths of a mile away from the entrance or exit, depending on which way, you know, if the game's on, going on or whatever. Could you imagine in inclement weather you're making people walk up to a mile? <laughs> D- David, let me let me ask you: If you're, if you're uh, living over there by Belmont, are you an Islander fan also? I, you know, something. Let me let me be honest with you. I grew up with the Islanders. Uh, I was there for the early years only because of student discounts, and um, they actually would have picked us up in New High Park for fifty cents and drop us back off. So for the cost of a four dollar, uh, you know, round trip. I could watch the games all the time. Um, what happened was that a, 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 a salute to some my father. Uh, after they won the third Stanley Cup, I went with his team, the worst team at the time, the Red Wings, and I've still been a Red Wing fan. Okay. Uh, okay. Like I said, my cool. roots did start with the Islanders in that regard. But also, um, there's no heating system. They're actually going to be heating it with two 300-gallon tanks of propane, which are on the south side. Because uh, a, a, a certain governor would not let the Raritan uh, pipeline come in, uh-huh. so you're actually going to after each event. And they're planning up to 270 a year. You've got to start filling up propane every night or day. <laughs> not to mention the fact if you're not if you're familiar with uh, Elmont, the South Side, which they have incredible plans for hotels, just that and the other thing. Uh, they have no intent. They have no idea how they're going to, you know. I'll say not heat, but energy needs and stuff like that. It really is a, a horribly laid out sort of plan. Yeah, I, I bet. <laughs> David, for uh, from one Steve Eiserman fan to another, I want to thank you for the call. Yeah, uh, and happy Easter. Uh, yes, happy Easter, and happy Easter to everybody else that's listening. Can I? Uh, oh, I think we lost him. Okay. Uh, Going back to the uh, uh, the the COVID issue here, yeah. um, he, he's right. It is a very difficult course penalty. I, I, and to I'm impose. not, and that's and I'm not trying to suggest that it's just this easy fix. Oh yeah, you know, just. But uh, th- this is what I'm saying. Like, I've watched certain organizations, certain leagues, where they've run their COVID stuff like a military operation and have had very few problems and have everything kind of spelled out. I just do not get that sense with Major League Baseball, and maybe they prove me wrong, and I'd be I'd be happy to in two weeks or three weeks when we're back here to be 
say I'm wrong. Okay, yeah, they they got it all under control and all is good. I would you said I would love for it to be a non-issue, but right off the jump for it to be this big of an issue where you know you have teams not playing, you know, several Open days weekend, several days in after you know where you're trying, you finally are allowed to have some fans in the building and you're trying to build things back up again and get goodwill going again and and get things back in the groove. That's just it's just not a good look, and 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 it's also not only is it not good just optically, it's a it's just not sustainable. It's not sustainable with the, the amount of games and travel that need to happen. That, that's where I'm at. It, it worries me greatly, and I, I said it a little bit ago. I'm going to say it again because I want to hammer this home. It worries me greatly that we're coming off a season where you couldn't go to a game if you wanted to. Now you're one of a select few that can go to a game. And you've missed the first three right from the jump. Horrible. It's, it's a, it is a problem that needs to be stopped now before it becomes a major problem. Yeah, and now you're going to have to have makeup games. The schedule's already complicated enough, and you don't need to be piling up games that need to be made up. And, you know, you start getting, again, and the reason I talk about the deterrent or a penalty or something is because if it starts messing with the competitive balance, these you know it's already enough of a hassle to have to travel and do all the testing that all these players have to do, and all the different you know there's more steps now. Well, at least I thought there were until I saw what the Nationals are apparently. Are apparently, up there. there's not. Yeah, apparently, there's no steps. I, I think you and I, I think doing this show tonight, we had more steps to go through than than the Nationals did. But you know, it's just it's it's frustrating because you wait. All this time, all this, you know, everything going on, you, you finally feel like, okay, we're we're back. Things are feeling normal again. We're getting we're getting there, and and just like you're just remind again. And this is not me making light of COVID either, because it is it clearly is a reminder that it's here. It is still very much with us, as much as there's vaccines and things getting back to you know to some semblance of normalcy. But it, I just I don't know I I. I Need to learn more about what exactly transpired in Washington because it's just unacceptable. It feels like we're playing the Paula Abdul game. We took two <laughs> steps forward, and now we're taking are, two steps back. You were waiting. Back. You had that teed I've up. Been, oh, I've been so excited to get it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, no, I, I like I, I like I said. I hope it becomes a non-issue. My again, my my greatest hope, my and my feeling ultimately is that it will, but. If, it, if, if there are repeat offenders, it is something that needs to be policed and dealt with. Agreed. I like your idea on, on the draft pick. I, I hate your idea of forfeited okay. games. I, look, I, and I hope it will never come to that. But if you, have, if you have some team that's being egregious and clearly has no protocols in place or, or some ridiculous non-policies. We've, we've said it. Something has to be done at some point. That's we're, what I'm saying. We're, we're not out there yet, but maybe. We're beating this term into the ground. It's the repeat offenders. Are, are things going to happen? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Is somebody going to walk into a clubhouse, whether it's your starting pitcher or your center fielder or your, your bat boy or your bullpen coach, and, and they came into contact with somebody somewhere along the way, and now there's an infection running through your clubhouse? Yes, it's going to happen. But if it happens three times, if it happens four times. And opening day is sad to happen. Come on. It's a it, bad job. It's, it's a bad job. That's the worst day outside of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is like, the worst on. time for it to happen. And when you're home. Like, you know, again, if you travel to New York and had, you know, contracted it, okay. Like, 
You were traveling. You're home. It happens. You're home. <laughs> like it just can't. It can't happen. It just it's, can't happen. It can't happen. It can't happen. It's it just it, we're we're worried here about the repeat offenders. You right. hit that third time. You hit that fourth time. I'm with you. Okay. Draft pick. Dra- okay. And that's that's our that's the starting point. And and, we'll and, say- and give the draft pick to the Mets. Okay. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I, I feel like some of the Yankee fans are already a little uh, leery of, of of Pete and Faz here. They're, they're, I'm I'm sure yeah. we're gonna hear. Yeah, from we'll them. we'll be fair, but uh, there's just uh, look, and I know the the, the caller. He, he, I we thank him for calling. Uh, you know we're having some fun, but uh, yes, the Mets. <laughs> I'm sure has have given the Yankee fans in a, a lifetime, five lifetimes hey, worth of material. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I'm sure and. and so think about it on the flip side of the pain Mets fans have been through. The, so the, the so that's what you know. That's why we're pumped up. We're very pumped up, and we're very excited to play. <laughs> that's so, it. so of course it's the it's the Mets coming off their Things best off season in a long time. They need to miss their first three games because it's amazing, it, isn't it? It, it? This team is cursed. It has to be. There, there's no other way around it it's other really than amazing. this team is cursed. Now, but you know, all things considered, though, and look, I, I truly hope the Nationals, everybody's all right, and I hope things get back to normal, and we'll see. You know, it's got to play out. I, 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 I'm curious to see how Major League Baseball handles, especially if there's you know more flare-ups like this, which I'm sure they're bound to be. But all things considered, it is Easter tonight. As we sit here, at least barring anything other, you know, any other weird occurrences. It's gonna be opening day tomorrow. Now, you know, we'll get the mulligan. My fingers are crossed. Yeah, I'm sure yours are also. Absolutely. We're, we're, you know, and March Madness has been very fun. Great game last night. Ooh. Wow. Oh, that's as uh, that that's as good of a college basketball game as you'll see. You you put, you know, you you have names in the history of college basketball like Bryce Drew, Christian Leitner, and now you can add. Uh, Jalen Suggs, what a shot! Ooh, like he does it every oh, day. Oh man, that was just like no matter what your feeling was on anything, that's you, you give respect to that guy for that shot. Like Pulling he's up, taking a free throw. He just pulled, took three dribbles and just calmly pulled up and drilled it. No problem. And Ooh. and coming off the sequence of events that happened right before that, yeah, you let UCLA score off their own miss, yeah. offensive rebound, put it back. And he, Calmly just drilled it. This is a kid, and he—I mean—he was already projected to be a top five NBA pick. Jalen Suggs. He's a very—he was a very good high school football player as well. Obviously, a highly athlete. Yeah, and calm. Yeah, yeah. He just—you know—there's guys who just like the stage. Like you're one of those guys. You love the stage. (laughs) You're—you're exactly like that. (laughs) But yeah, so you know that—that's good. You know, and we'll get the redo of opening day tomorrow. The Masters this week, which is cool, you know, if, if you're into such yeah, that's things. You. Okay, I that's you. Okay, I'm not touching that. I'm not. I'm not trying to get you to do a segment on the Masters. Relax. Oh, thank goodness. Especially you, on could, Easter. I, imagine if I put you on the spot and just like imagine if I, oh yeah, here's a little curveball for you, and we'll just get you to do a, make a whole segment on it. And then I got I got to start bringing up names like Ben Hogan and. Oh, you're really gonna go go deep, huh? That's all I know. Ben Hogan. You don't know any any other golfers. Jack and Nicholas. You don't. Like, you don't know any current golfers? Uh, uh, Bryce D. Bryson, Bryson Okay, not bad, not uh, bad. Who's who's the one with the the the, fly, the flat brim cap? Uh, 
You should wear his like orange. Keegan Bra- oh, 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 oh Ricky Fowler. Ricky, Ricky Fowler. Fowl- I've Fowl- heard of Ricky Fowler. Okay. But it's golf. But no, but I'm just symbolically. Golf is the only thing well, more last boring year, than the Yankees. You're really sticking the knife in. I'm with. doing every. I'm taking every chance I get. You're just going in. <laughs> uh, no, the. Uh, but symbolically, last year COVID was really raging when the Masters would have normally been played. It got moved to the fall, and now is back on in its normal slot again, which just shows you know again, things are hopefully getting more back to you know back to at least some semblance of normalcy. But then you have the flare-ups like the Nationals, and you know, so it just shows that it's it's with us. It's still here, but we're learning to to live within the world of COVID. Nor- normalcy, in all seriousness, uh, and we we've had fun at a lot of different people's expense tonight. <laughs> uh, normalcy is really all I want at this point. Yeah. Um, sure, I don't like golf. Do I want to see the Masters on at? Uh, during their normal time in April? Yes, I yep. do. Am I thrilled to see the NCAA tournament right now, which we didn't get a year ago? Yes, I am thrilled. Even though the Mets didn't play this weekend, am I happy that we had baseball starting in April? You better believe it. Am I happy we're moving towards the NHL and the NBA playoffs? Yes. We've had a normal NFL offseason thus yep. far. It, it, it feels like it's moving in the right direction. Are we there yet? No. Yeah. But we're definitely getting well, closer. Yeah, and that's the thing. because and that's, and that's kind of the point I was trying to make. It's just that whereas a year ago, because we were still learning about COVID and what it all is and how you deal with it, while it is still with us, and we've had that reminder in the last week with what happened with the Nationals, it, 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 and it you know it's very present still, no doubt. And but things are being developed to try to deal with it. And these leagues and, and teams, again, for the most part, have learned to deal with it. So you know, it's almost a new normal. But th- these teams, you know, the thing the world is learning how to live within, you know, in a COVID world. Protocols are definitely in place, uh, and and right now it's going to be about moving forward. Uh, I I don't know how long this is going to take. You don't know how long this is going to take. There's not one person walking this earth who knows how long this is going to take. But we got to get there. And I'm speaking directly to the Washington Nationals (laughs) right now. Help us. Help us get there. And and Major League Baseball. Stop. And Major League Baseball. You know, again, I I, I, I just need to to learn more about what, what they're going to do to deal with this because it's... If this rages on like this, it's already a complicated enough issue. And if teams are not, if every team's not doing some kind of uniformed process or policy, we're going to have issues. And it's, you know, I, I hope to not have to have keep having that that kind of conversation. But, you know, I just I don't see how this season rolls along with with the amount of canceled games. Like it just can't happen. You know, we, we we've said that next to the playoffs, opening day is the worst time for this to happen. But Maybe it's a reality check for some of these teams who thought, hey, we've moved yeah, past this. Yeah. We can we can do yeah. what we need to do now. And now you have the rest of the season to do what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they were getting protocols. maybe if they were getting a little cavalier with it, or because they got through spring training and things were all right, that 
you know, maybe they figure, okay, yeah, we got it all under control, and this was just a reminder. Reality and, check. And, that, Some, and sometimes you need a reality check. Yeah. Uh, let, let's hope that this is the last we see of it. And going forward, if a game is scheduled on a Tuesday night, that game gets played. That no other game, that any game lost going forward, let's hope it's due to weather, that it's a rain out. Not a not a COVID breakout. Absolutely, and no, I, I I hope this you know just this will be a slight bump in the road, and now you know moving forward, you know we'll be talking about just the games. That and that's really at the core of anything I'm saying. I just want to be talking about the game. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That's you know like uh, we were all we want to do talk tonight is talk about the games. That's it. I mean that's really what you know what it boils down to. So I hope that becomes the the topic moving forward and COVID, you know it, it's going to be with us but it's more in the backdrop I, w- I would love to come back on here in the future talk about where the mets stand where the yankees stand what they need to do to improve what they're doing right who can they add let's talk about unfor let's talk about the unfortunate things like the guys who got hurt and missed time and who made an error to blow a game and who got a big hit but let's make sure it's about the games going forward Absolutely, and uh, Pete, so much fun tonight, right? I mean, this was this was good. Uh, eh. <laughs> I had to look at you the whole time. I know. But other than a, that, it was yeah. I right. you know. Usually, if we do this on a podcast, you know, we're over the. I'm over gonna the start coming in here blindfolded. <laughs> it's one thing to have to listen to you; it's another, totally different thing to have to be able to see you. Also, now this is this has really been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, of course, this is sports talk, New York on WGBB, Long Island. Uh, make sure you check out all the stuff on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. You can also visit the sport, the, the website, WGBBSportsTalk.com, where you can listen to all past shows, check out any upcoming show information. And lastly, all, if you don't already, I invite you to subscribe to the podcast, WGBB Sports Talk, on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to the podcast. We are Pete and Thaz, and this has been Sports Talk New York on Long Island's WGBB. The views expressed in the previous program did not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB.